welcome, welcome to another episode of the Just a Couple Dudes Jacked podcast. I'm your co-host, Eric Flattiger. And I'm your other co-host, Anthony Michael Cole. And I'm Frank Lewandowski III, the third guy. The third. I love it. And what are we talking about today, boys? Well, I don't uh, want to take... I don't want to take the stage, but I'm going to have to today. And the well, boys know it's special. Well, it's something everyone knows about, but no one's talking about it. It's EMDR, duh. Yeah, yeah. duh. Duh. EMDR. So what is EMDR? So first of all, I just want to say, to, to premise a show, it's about healing from trauma, emotional trauma, and I feel like I'm a new person. So it's a personal experience, it's a scientific experience, and I want to share that with others so that they can understand that there's options out there to help people. Like, we're in a time of crisis now with COVID, right? Whether we think COVID's a big deal or not, we do know emotional trauma is happening. We do know anxiety is up, suicides up, depression, domestic violence is up like 400%. Mm. Child abuse up 400%. Like, Ugh. it's crazy, right? Yep. And there are methods that are drug-free that can help you. How cool is that? Oh, dude, that's really cool. It is cool. And that's what's what I like. funny is we'll, we'll talk about it later, but I've actually done EMDR. It was a way jank version that I like did it myself, like just on YouTube. But Frank actually did the real deal, like the real McCoy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's not Zoloft. No, it's not Zoloft. Zoloft's no, no. that. It's an antidepressant. Yeah, it is. Okay. SSRI, yeah. yeah, but if you take Zoloft, it could be like that commercial where you're like really sad, and then when you take it, you start jogging and walking your dog and. It's amazing. I love her drug commercials. And then it's like, They're side note, sometimes. you might Hershey squirt blood out of your butt for days on end until you die. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> or you want to kill yourself. Well, yeah, that's yeah. all. I'm starting to like, laugh at that, might... but it's like crazy what the side effects are. Yeah. And there are a place for them. So I have balance, right? And, and I think getting help. But let's understand that what's cool about the human mind is that it's really powerful. And mm-hmm. I didn't understand. I focus so much. I'm going to be 31 years old. And I didn't realize how much emotional how much emotional trauma I had to actually overcome. And what emotional mm. trauma is, is like having deep wounds that you keep throwing band-aids over that don't actually heal. If they don't heal, they cause branches of other symptoms. I look at disease and issues being you want to focus on the root, but people don't always address the root cause. Mm-hmm. And I got to experience it. Oh, that's cool. That right? is kind of cool. That's what I like. Yeah. So I like that branch analogy. You used. Do you like that? Yeah. Well, it even reminded me of like it's like if you have a diabetic ulcer, like a bad ulcer that's not healing, and it's like like you said that root cause is the diabetes. Yeah, you've got right? to heal that ulcer, of course, but the diabetes is the the main issue here. So that's what it kind of reminded me of when yeah. you said that. That's so, interesting. And we both work in medicine. So how many times I work in the hospital and the urgent care, you work in the ICU, the coronary ICU. How mm-hmm. many times do you see like we're just treating the symptoms of disease, not the root cause, man? Yep. Like it's time. frustrating. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you got diabetes, you got this issue, but we're three steps ahead. Let's get you out of the hospital. But we're not actually fixing you. Yeah. A lot of times it's really just like a big fancy Band-Aid we're putting on something. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's surgery, but it's like, it's a Band-Aid. Oops, oh, sorry. Whoops. There you go. Okay, so wrapping that back up good. to EMDR. First of all, I'm going to give Let's a little background. Let's say, what, what does EMDR stand for? Let's start there. So it starts, doctor. Yeah. It starts out with eye movement and desensitization and reprocessing. So it was found in 1989, psychotherapy. And I forgot the, the psychiatrist. I think it was a, I think it was a, a chica. 
think it was that. a cheek. It was a female for sure. Yeah. yeah. She noticed that by moving your eyes and having a motion that she saw a change and somehow she created this. So there's some of the background is, is that there's more than 30 positive control studies that have been done on EMDR. Some studies show 84 to 90% of single trauma victims no longer have PTSD after only three 90-minute sessions. Dude, that's crazy. Dude, there's no pill in the world that can mimic that. Did you no. say up to 90%? 84 to 90% of that's... single trauma. And we're talking about rape victims. We're talking about combat veterans. We're talking about ER nurses. Did you know ER nurses have a higher PTSD rate than combat veterans? No. Heard that the other day? I did not know that. No. Damn. What's the number one cause of PTSD? I don't know. Give me an answer. What do you think? Trauma. (laughs) (laughs) PTSD. Okay. Anthony's Um, really on it. (laughs) Something that you... I don't know, man. Something you... I don't know. Something crazy that you can't... Like, you have no control over. It's not done by your own hand. Okay. Okay, so the number one cause of PTSD? What, What is the number one cause of PTSD? What do you usually think? I mean, alcohol. I, I definitely think death. Like death. That's a coping mechanism. Yeah. So, or loss. Let's just say that loss. Car accidents. Really? Oh, I thought you were asking like Sorry. what? I don't know. I've done this I a thought, few times. I thought so deep into it. I was oh, like, no. I don't know, man. <laughs> Eric is sub shotgun three weddings. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we we think of veterans, and I'm a veteran. I'm not a combat veteran. I love yeah. my veterans. And I'm not trying to dismiss what they go through. I'm just saying that we don't understand how prevalent trauma is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the thing about trauma is it doesn't always present. There's a lot of people walking around that have deep childhood trauma that don't even realize they have it. And it manifests into depression, anxiety, suicide, uh, panic attacks, et cetera, et cetera. Bipolar, like all these diagnoses we want to give people. Veganism. <laughs> There's actually a documentary that's on Netflix right now. It's called Cracked Up. Have you seen it? Nope. No. It's Daryl Hammond. Do you know who that is? Nope. No. Saturday Night Live. He's the guy that does Bill Clinton. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. has been in and out of psychiatric wards nine times. He's been straightjacketed off the set of Saturday Night Live. And he Gosh, was traumatized man. so bad from his mom that... He created almost different personalities. He was he was called multiple personality, borderline personality, bipolar. He was on every medicine in the book, and he didn't actually get real treatment until his sixties. Mm-hmm. Until he, a psychiatrist went in there and said, "You are this, this, this," and he was like German or something. So he had a cool accent. And he's of like, course. "You are bipolar. You are borderline. You are schizophrenic. You are this, and you are just a nut." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then he said, "Then he said, you are very distraught, boy." Yeah, and then he said, it, "You are actually none of these. You are. You have trauma that has created this. Hmm. Like, talk about a guy that went his whole life all the way into his sixties. And a lot of these people may go their whole life and either off themselves, drink themselves to death, whatever. And you didn't actually get through to the root problem." Wasn't that sad too? I've heard stories of people, like when I was working in behavioral health, other family members that weren't diagnosed with anything until they're like fifty. You're like, damn, dude, for fifty years you've been yeah. dealing with some stuff. Like yeah. you never knew what it was. And you know, in the in the health field, we're guilty. Like I diagnose people, but it's hard when you diagnose people, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you give someone a label. You know, it's on your medical record forever. Sometimes the diagnosis you need is you need a good you need a good uh, a good listen. You mm. need a good hug. You need to know you're a human being. 
You know, you're wow. not just a diagnosis. Yeah. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I get frustrated with that. Like, you know, you lost someone or you've been in trauma. You're not bipolar. You're compensating for what you went through. So anyways, that's just... Yeah, that's it's it. like you're not depressed. You went through a really, really shitty thing. Yeah. yeah like, or maybe you're depressed. You yeah. lost your spouse. You lost your yeah. kid. Like, please, you, I think being sad's good because you're you're showing how you cared. Mm-hmm. You know, so... <sighs> Where am I going back to this? So EMDR. So what happened with me? So I'm 31. I'm going to be turning 31 soon. And I just, I don't know. I go through these funks, right, guys? I mean, you noticed, right? I'm not mm-hmm. myself. I go through these phases where I feel amazing. I feel amazing now. And I always thought about the physical side, man. I've done coffee enemas. I've done hormones, hormone replacement. I've done fasting, keto, carnivore, carnivore-ish, let's say. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's John Baker. It's hard to that do. hardcore. Yeah. Uh, I've done everything. Do meditation. I've done uh, alcohol. I've done... All kinds of things, you know, filled the void with women or whatever, right? And I'm like, what's going on? I'm 31. And as I get older, it gets worse. I go through these funks where I'm down, I'm depressed, I'm anxious. I don't think the same. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm not a war veteran, so I didn't lose my legs. I, you know, wasn't raped as a child. So I think I haven't been through shit, but mm-hmm. I have, mm-hmm. you know? And then I went, I heard about EMDR. You know, Anthony, you talked about how to help you in your divorce. Mm-hmm. You did that on your own, which is yep. really powerful. Yeah. And then I heard about, I wanted to look at things outside the box. You know, like therapy's okay. You talk with someone, you're like, oh, I feel better for an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, got something off my chest. But did I really get yeah. change? It, it's like yeah. in a podcast, when you talk for an hour, you feel good after, but sometimes you need more. Yeah, you need more, yeah. right? It's not just talk. So how a memory works when you have a trauma, right, is you create this fist, okay, of the trauma, and it sits inside of you. And what happens is it branches out. And most of the time, we only target the branches. But we don't actually go and target all five branches like your fingers to actually get to the core where you can actually reprocess that memory. So when you went through a trauma, I'm going to explain a trauma I went through, just one of them. I've had multiple. And you'll be surprised what it actually considered, what's considered a trauma. Mm-hmm. But when I was 16, I was uh, hanging out the window of a vehicle, a lifted Dodge vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. My best friend, Danny Stokes, holler Danny, swung left and right on the steering wheel very hard. We're going about roughly 40 miles an hour. And I fell out of the vehicle, like final destination. You know what I'm talking Ooh, about? Like real yeah. slow. Yeah. Wow. And I fell on the asphalt. Oh. I broke my collarbone. His right rear tire ran over my pelvis. So actually what? ran me over. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Did not know this, yeah. Frank. So I had skid marks actually and ripped. And then oh. I've been so in a few accidents. So was it just over like one part of your pelvis or did it go over like your whole... Here, I'm gonna, can I stand up so I show yeah, you, boys? Show us. Yeah, show us, I want to see. It's like that. Oh, oh. so he it looks like it went right up his good up your whole Don't worry, my bits and berries are fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it it actually went diagonal over my upper left thigh over my pelvis, and actually, so what's crazy is it happened so fast. Okay, yeah. and um, God, so this I didn't realize this trauma affected me later in life. Right, this is a form of PTSD, and I remember getting up and I was like, "What the hell happened? You're in shock. Your adrenaline's going." And this is a 35 inch tire. Yeah, Good you know, Lord. it's a big old. That's a big tire, right? It's a, giant giant tire. It's a lifted yeah, it's a Dodge tire. 1500 that he was going. And Danny, I love him to death. It's not his fault, but dude, I and I couldn't get up. Yeah, I, mean, I couldn't. How get, I hit my he? head. I had a concussion. We were 16. You're 16. Like, yeah, you're not 16. thinking. You're just no. being stupid. It was uh, it was October. It was super hot still. Mm. I was on the asphalt. My entire left arm was asphalt and no skin. 
Oh, so goodness. then uh, my dad happened to be mowing the lawn uh, that day. I'm going to try and give a real like detailed experience if that's okay. Of course. Yeah. 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 Of course. yeah. So then um, I just remember laying there aside and I tried to get up and I couldn't. It was really weird. I couldn't move my uh, left arm. Was it my left? Yeah, it was my left. I couldn't move my left arm. I couldn't stand up. I was dazed because I smacked my head too. Jeez. And then I was like spitting up blood. And then a guy came around over me. Hey, you okay? It's a buddy of mine. I'm like, Called, you're like yeah i'm cops. okay like you know <laughs> call my dad oh my he's God. mowing the lawn yeah <laughs> and then yeah so they did call my dad my dad's yeah. a local firefighter so they called him and uh the cop showed up first the cop showed up they threatened danny the driver saying he'd go to prison forever because i might die so that was kind of scary oh, that's terrifying. so we didn't know because you run over someone's pelvis you can die of blood loss mm-hmm. you carry a lot of vital organs and stuff like that um peoria fire department ran on me they took really good care of me. They got me there. They scraped uh, my arm with like sandpaper to get the asphalt out of my arm. Uh, I got flown out. So it was during peak traffic time around 4 p.m., I think, or 3 p.m. So I got flown out because that was such a trauma. When you get run over on the pelvis, you're instant trauma one. Trauma A, it's called. Oh. So a real serious thing. My dad got there. My dad was a stoic guy. You know, not not the most emotional man at that time. I was kind of scared of him. You know, he was a tough guy, 6'4". Handlebar mustache. Polish hammer, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But he was, he didn't know to show emotion, so he was super angry at me. But, which is understandable, because he's scared, you know? And uh, so he got to see me there, which... Wait, wait, wait. he's mad at you? Oh, well, he's just mad up. in general. Oh, like, okay. I'm hurt. I almost died. He's just upset. Yeah. Because his dad, he doesn't know if I'm going to live. Yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. not like you got into a car accident, he, he or was, like... You were across the road and some guy, you know, it's kind of like, no, I was hanging out why would people. you guys be this yeah. stupid? That. Yeah, you know, you know totally better. That, that was the 10th thing. time I cowboy surfed too. Oh, and so you're an expert. Yeah. Like you knew what to do. <laughs> I was 90%. I was Damn 90%. It, Danny. You should have been better than this, boy. Damn it, Danny. God, Stokes. Yeah. God, he just pulled the wheel too hard. God. But it saved my life because I would have got a crotch rocket later. I would have died. True. Yeah. yeah. So this stopped me. That's why I drive a Corolla right now. Because oh. I don't want to have more, anywhere else. And they're safe. Five star, yeah. you know, Five safety rating. Toyota reviews. Yeah. So then uh, I ended up getting helicoptered out. So my dad's fire department actually landed the helicopter because you have to have, a, they have stage. You're talking about right next to Peoria High School, next to Cheyenne mm-hmm. Elementary. That's where oh, it was yeah. at. That's okay. where I got run over. Wow. And Peoria took care of me. Uh, the flight medic. I remember I was in so much pain. I had that moment where I was begging God. I said, please kill me. That was my thought because oh, I was in so much pain. And when you're in that much pain, when people are screaming in pain, I don't think you're in the most pain. I was in so much pain, you can't talk. Mm. Like, well, I was about to say, don't Dan you get, Crenshaw talks about that. Yeah, don't you get to a point where you, most people will just black out, right? Almost from the pain. Yeah. yeah. Or get just, sick, like you get yeah. nauseous or something. I just remember like begging God, like, please just, just fucking end my life. Like, mm. and I'm not the most religious person, but I mean, it's weird how you have that glimpse of death. Oh, if you can, and who do you think of? <laughs> yeah, you know, Sky Daddy. Yeah. I'd like Come to save me, <laughs> whoever it is. Yeah. If you're atheist, like you better pray to a tree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lawrence Krauss, some come save yeah. me. <laughs> Forrest Gump, where are you? Yeah. yeah. So then uh, the flight medic was like, "Hey," or oh, so the fire department that landed the helicopter knew my dad. They go, "Hey, Frank, why are you here?" So how embarrassed was my dad? My dad's like, that's my son. Yeah, dude. So he knew the he knew the the truck, the Sun City Fire Department that, that landed. 
Yeah. Do you know what's funny? Hearing this, now I'm like, oh, I can even hear the emotional trauma even of this. Because yeah. you're like, oh, I embarrassed my dad. Yeah, it was I tough. Can, yeah. yeah. So then... Um, I didn't even pick that up. So yeah, I was still just thinking, thinking of his pelvis. Pelvic oh, yeah. region. So then yeah. I got flown out in the helicopter. It was a flight medic. And I remember him talking to me. He goes, hey, who's that guy down there that looks really upset? You know, that's my dad. He goes, I said... He said, you're going to be fine, but I'd be worried about him. That's what he said. Yeah. Oh, right God. before he pushed morphine or fentanyl onto me, oh, which nice. felt... Oh, Liquid thank, cocaine. Thank you for opiates, God. Like, what an amazing yeah. thing. They are good in... The Chinese, they knew what they were doing. They knew it. They I only got it. morphine one time, and I remember this really attractive nurse walked in, and she was Hispanic, and... I could just all of a sudden speak Spanish fluently after that morphine. Like, I was wow. flirting so <laughs> like, Thank God. Like, oh, the love drug. drug. Oh, yeah. yeah. And drugs are a beautiful thing. So it's weird to replay heli- this. Yeah. So I'm in the helicopter, and what's crazy is going up in a helicopter in the middle of the day, peak time, like busy traffic, and you get there so fast. I got to John C. Lincoln uh, downtown in like five minutes, dude. It was crazy. I got there... Um, I don't know if anyone's been part of a trauma, but it's so fast. Mm-mm, so no. they cut everything off. They threw you full uh, through a whole body. They do a quick full body exam. So the trauma surgeon will be in there. The trauma physician assistant nurse practitioner, two nurses, tech. They cut everything off. They start two big bore IVs. Um, you do a full head to body assessment, uh, charting what's wrong. Uh, you know, vital signs. A lot of stuff's happening in like five minutes, dude. It's like war zone shit. Like, yeah, I mean, you're... I assume that means you're going to die. You know, yeah, the trauma one's like, the dude's about to die. Yeah, basically. Well, you just have like seven people with their hands on you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like crazy. And then you get a full body CT scan with all the radiation. And I remember sitting in there and I was about to go through the CT scan. Or this is this, I had a second CT scan. I don't know why. Um, but a guy got hit by it. So I wanted attention. This is my stupid 16 year old self. I was like, maybe I'll get on the news. Yeah. <laughs> why not? But it got, a kid got ran over by a bus and he died. And he was oh, right next to me. And it and trumped I, you? Yeah, it trumped me. Dang. Yeah. Did and you that's get the really times at least? No, I don't no. think so. But Damn. the guy I, the guy was next to me, dude. Like oh, he was no. he had a cape over him, he was dead. And I was like, Oh shit. Damn. I was like, Oh my god, he died. R. I. P. Yeah. So then I went through um I broke my collarbone. It snapped in half and it's like this. It's like oh. angled. And uh, right. I remember the CT tech. She's like, "Oh, you gotta, you gotta raise your arm above oh. your head." And I go, "I don't think I can. I can't move my arm at all." She made me do it, but I had opiates. So, but all I remember is feeling the grinding of the bones. Oh. Like, oh, God. and she made me. I mean, you can't pivot your arm at all. And she made me put my arms above my head. Why? To, Why was she doing this to you? Well, they're doing CT. I think they're probably checking my lungs. Because when you have a big impact like a like yeah. a tire, so, so I guess they don't care about your broken collarbone no. if you're dying, right? No, they don't. It's like whatever. We'll break I remember it more. It was, it was weird, dude. It was like I can't move my arm. And I think she took my arm. Yeah, because I couldn't move it. So she must have took my arm and like put it above my head. Jeez. Again, I'm 16. I don't know medicine stuff. And uh, yeah. so I ended up breaking my, my pelvis in three spots. Your pelvis is like a girdle. It's a like, big diaper. I, I broke say, my... What is your pelvis? I've so always heard that. I just like... like it's a compilation of bones. I think it's like seven bones. I assumed the... it's your crotch, but I don't think yeah. that's right. Well, it's like a, it's like a diaper. Okay, I'm, I'm all about oh, okay. easy metaphors. Yeah. I broke the iliac crest, which is the your big hip bone. Mm. That's your big yeah, hip bone. I cracked it right down, like right through the middle. I broke my sacrum on my tailbone. That's a tailbone. It looks like a triangle. I broke right across the top. 
Mm. And then I broke my pubis symphysis, which is the small oh. bone right in the middle. So what happened was is that basically the pressure, the impact, my pelvis did exactly what it was supposed to do, was hold, and it compressed everything. So it was like it compressed, but it held. Thank goodness. God, you got one hell of a pelvis. God, it got strong. God, it's so strong. Can you imagine the pelvic thrust, yeah. Frank, from delivering? And then this this is the thing. I didn't know I'd ever go into medicine, but I remember sitting there, and I was in the trauma ER. My mom was there. My dad was there. And uh, they were actually fighting at the time. So this is, uh, I found out then that they were getting a divorce that, oh, same, that same day. Damn. I found what? out. I found out right then. Yeah. And this is not to put victim on anyone. I'm just telling someone to show you, like, you wouldn't realize that these traumas actually make an impact. That's what I'm trying to say. And you realized your yeah. NFL career was over. Fuck. Yeah, I was just You're never going to play for the Dallas Cowboys. Goofy-ass white guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so it just, it was hard, right? My dad was trying to show love too, but, you know, how do you handle that? You know, my oh, mom and dude. dad aren't happy together. Yeah. They're, my dad's upset because he cares about me, you know? And it was embarrassing. I felt so bad. Like, if, I felt yeah. bad as a bad son. And then uh, the, the trauma doc told me I may not walk again. That's when I lost it. Yeah. Oh, and there yeah, was no yeah. reason for that. Ugh. So he told me I may not walk again. I think, I think just to upset me because he thought I was being a stupid kid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was fucked up because I started bawling like a baby, dude, because well, I yeah, didn't dude, know. I mean, isn't that, isn't that what's funny is like if someone's in a pure accident as in like, like, let's say you, a guy came around the corner too quick, didn't see you, hit you with the car, right? That was the scenario. Not you being goofy with your buddy. Everyone would be like, you know, there would be no shame to throw at you. But because you're being a dumb 16-year-old kid and, and this happened, it's like people still think it's okay to, like, shame you. To pick on you. You know it's what I mean? weird, yeah. People are like, he's an idiot. I'm like, well, he's dying. Yeah. Like, as, who as a cares pro, if yeah, he's who, being an who idiot? Who cares right now, right? Cares, uh, right now, yeah. definitely. It's like... Yeah. I think the punishment enough is that you're shattered and dying. Yeah. You know, yeah. he could have got his punishment. point across. He could have just been like, "Dude, you you could have made it where you could never walk again. You probably yeah. will be able to walk." Again, I just but. remember that, dude. And like, there was no reason for that because I had full like, you know, CMS intact. I could move my feet and stuff, like sure. stuff. There was there was no reason to do that. Yeah, just I didn't understand dick. that then, though. Yeah. And uh, anyways, I had two firefighters come down. That was actually really nice to see. I was doing that was really nice. And I was in the hospital a couple of days. Um, it was a tough time, dude. I had to self rehab, so I did. Uh, what did I do? I did. I had a a brace that just holds your shoulders back, basically, so your collarbone doesn't form oh, forward. God, dude, you so they had to rebreak it. Up, man. Yeah, but it was only five weeks, dude. What? I healed in five weeks. Oh my god! Fucking epic. Well, Superhuman. Not, not your fully, collarbone? Not fully. I healed enough to go back to school. Yeah, I was off school for five weeks. I didn't even do physical therapy. I just did it on my own. So, like, I would use a walker, and I couldn't bear weight on my left foot. So, I would just hop on my right. And then I would, um, it took five weeks. And then I, like, my parents had to shower me. Like, it was pretty traumatizing. I'm I'm 16 years old. I'm butt naked. And they had to shower me. And basically, every shower I took, skin would just be falling off my arm. Because I was, it looked like a, like a zombie arm. Yeah. It healed real well, though. Did any oh girls, yeah. did you get like sympathy dates or anything? So I did after. That was my first girlfriend. <laughs> Your first girlfriend? Really? Nice. Well, my first like, yeah, my first girlfriend, yeah. Was She's after a that. sadist now. Well, she, yeah, yeah right. I know. Shout out to Megan. Did but she, she sign uh, your cast? No, I didn't have a cast. There's nothing to cast, cast, baby. No, it's okay. she just like, oh, it's like gosh. a big, just hard diaper. She was in the. <laughs> was gonna, that's what I was thinking from the <laughs> office. That's she, what I was thinking. She was in the car behind us. 
and she that watched you. Was, get yeah, that saw me get run over. Yeah. Oh, that, she's just, really a sadist. And I was dating her friend in the same car. <laughs> Shout out to Whitney. Hey, how Dude. are you? Oh, we need to get God. these ladies on. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Oh man. Yeah. Because so. he's got fortified pel. He's got Dude, a fortified pelvis, man. You healed yeah. in five weeks. Okay, so, yeah, so you're then telling. I went, oh, you know, went, go ahead. Tell you. So story. then I went back to school, and I didn't even. I hope people just understand. Like, a. I just felt before I did EMDR, I didn't realize like I actually had trauma, and this is only one out of the traumas. This is actually the number four thing I worked on. Damn. Oh, wow. So what I'm trying to show you is that you think this would be typical PTSD as an accident. There's other things, you know, like um, I was bullied. I was bullied as a kid, man. And mm. I used to think bullying stupid. It's like makes you stronger. Um, I didn't know what having a real friend was until eighth grade was because I was like, I actually have a friend that doesn't make fun of me every day. Really? Yeah. Like I had a friend that bullied me from like second grade to eighth grade, dude, like picked on me. He like beat me up one time. Like, I don't. I'm sure that impacts you. It came up in the. It's got to, right? Oh, like it has to. That's wild. It's got to create some insecurities. Yeah, and um, so anyway, so this is the traumas, and again, this is number fourth. So how EMDR works is first of all, it's eight phases. The first phase is really understand the collection of data. Like we don't always know if you were sexually assaulted you get something to focus on. I didn't know exactly what I focused on, actually. Mm-hmm. And there was actually other things I focused on. Again, that was number four. And bullying was like number five. So I had three other yeah. things in front of that that I worked on. Mm-hmm. And I'm only 31. Going to be 31. Um, so the key part is finding, A, a good therapist that's trained in it. I ended up paying cash. I found her online. I paid a lot of money because I felt like you get what you pay for. True, okay. man. Yeah. And it's a shout out to her. She saved my life. She's amazing. And oh, that's awesome. what's her name? Should, should I say her name? Yeah. Jamie Bourne. Yeah. You can find her on Psychology Today. Nice. She's an amazing person. And you say Bourne? Jamie Bourne. J A I Jason Bourne? M E. Yeah. B- nice. No, B O R N. Oh, okay. Like Jamie Bourne. Okay. She has her own company. Um, she's a mom, so she like uh, doesn't work a ton. But um, And what she does is she does intensives. Mm-hmm. So what an intensive is, is. I did a two-day event that's like doing two months of work in two days. I wanted at my point in my life to just radically change. I don't know if you guys have ever had that point in your life where you're just like, I need change. Yeah, Yeah, I've been there. I don't want to like dip my toe in the water. I'm cannonballing. Dude, I went to South Africa for two months to kind of change, like course change. See, that's 2015. Yeah. That's what you need in I was life. at a point where I was like, I, I'm i like, I just need, I don't know what the hell it is. I just need to do something to was get that, out of here, get outside of myself. Was that when you were ha- unhappy at UPS? Yeah. That was, was just after that, actually. It was, uh, yep. Yep. I so mean, it makes this. sense. It's like when the water's cold and you just got to like jump in instead yeah. of slowly uh-huh. creeping into that you cold water. You just got to get in. Like, nope, just jump in. And uh, so the phases was like compiling the data, compiling the history. Man, I'm talking, I try to give her everything I can. She comes to the plan and says, hey, we need to work on this. I spent like a month of doing this, right? And this is during COVID time and like, you know, it's kind of stressful for everyone. But I started seeing some progress. I was like, all right, I don't know if this is really going to work. Right, I'm like I don't know if the emotional so you're health get, is that. So you already important. gave her this data before. I gave her all this, yeah. So, so you okay. do. You have to do homework. You have to get the full history before you can. You know what you're attacking. Okay. You have to find the roots, right? Okay. I, I picture the brain as having like I had like six weeds to work on, and I had how do you get rid of weeds? Pull you that can, root, baby. Pull. You have to pull the root. It's the only way. If you mm-hmm. pull the leaves, what happens? It comes right back. Yeah. Yep. It's the only way. So, anyways. 
we did that. We did the two-day event. And how it works is there's multiple ways. One is you look at like a red dot on the screen and you process memories. So you start thinking about a memory and your emotion with that. And with me, instead of that, I did okay, the paddles. Let me, just for the people yeah. listening. You, you're, so you're saying that red dot, you're actually watching it, the red dot move, correct? Yeah, that's the typical way. So yeah, eye movement. Okay. So you watch it go pretty fast back and forth. What it does, it works so both sides of the brain to where you can actually process these emotions, these emotional events and these memories. And I look at them as like, manila folders and these big cabinets in the back of the brain you're taking old folders out throwing some new ones in mm. and it just mm. treats your subconscious which okay. is where they're hiding where they're at you don't you don't control these memories they're just in there they're stored yeah you're changing the memory mm. and um dude it was God, it was it's cool it was epic man like i had a point in there where i would have a memory i'd be working on it and she'd be like well what are you feeling i'm like god i have back pain She's like, where is this back pain? I'm like, well, it's like up into the right. And I was actually having somatic or physical symptoms from my trauma. No. Yeah. And dude, I'm like, I'm literally, and I'm not a voodoo magic person, but I literally was picturing like massaging my back in my head. And again, in, in my EMDR, I had two paddles that shot electricity in your hands back and forth, back and forth. And you're closing your eyes and you're processing the memory back and forth. And you go through like 15 minutes straight of just memory to another memory. You talk, you take a deep breath, another memory, and she guides you through it. And I got to a point where I'm like, this trauma's there. And I'm like rubbing it out of me, dude. I'm like picturing like a magical creature, like absorbing this orb of trauma in my upper right back. Like, dude, this is like deep. No, I have goosebumps. That's crazy. And then there there was a point where I didn't have a lot of self-worth. Like even when I was a kid, I don't know why I was just really hard on myself. You were bullied. Yeah. And maybe that's, maybe that's where it came from. I don't know. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I used to, what's funny, my best friend Kyle, when I was a kid, I remember crying. I was like 10 I remember crying in bed, like saying, I wish I was more like Kyle, because Kyle's like yeah, the manly stud, man. marine robot. He's been a mar- yeah. He's been a marine yeah. stud straight from God, like yeah. since birth. Chiseled you, in every single way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, chiseled jawline. The American muscles. man. Yeah. But is. just the way he acted, you know, he just like he always had an apple every day at lunch. Yeah, he did. yeah. That's <laughs> always. a great yeah. always an apple and a yeah. bag of carrots. And I was like, yeah. why can't I be more like him? You know, like in first yeah. grade. That was me at 10. But this is this is like another pivotal moment. And this is just so, I had so many of these in just two days, dude. And I had a moment where I pictured myself right now at 30. And I pictured myself at 10, dude. And I went up to myself. I hugged myself and told myself, I love you. And you're worthy. And like, you're an amazing person. Dude, I got Like, so cool. isn't it? Like crazy, dude. Like. Like you're talking about that kid that's inside of you, which we all have. We mm-hmm. all have this kid inside of you. And if you're open to reprocessing these memories and like working on the deep core of yourself, I would have never got better. Okay, well, I have so many questions. Okay. One, Sorry. how, okay, when you went to hugging your like inner child, right? Yeah. How far into this experience were you? Were you you know let's say you it was the two-day thing right so was this on the second day or was this you know, second day second it was day. second day the first day was eight hours and again you start with one memory you talk about it you do it for a little while you breathe you talk about what you're feeling 
you go with there. If you have a physical symptom, you focus on that physical. If not, you keep going down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. until you finally get to the root. And she did such an amazing job being calm, being there for me, and guiding me. But the second day, yeah, I, I had like self-love, which, dude, I'm I'm a new person. Like yeah. it sounds crazy, but yeah, wow. you're, you're Trey now. I'm Trey. You're Trey. Yeah, my mom wanted to call me Trey when I was born. It's kind of funny. That is funny. But um, yeah, and it, dude, it sounds like oh. honestly, it literally. I'm sure some listeners are like, dude, it sounds like this chick got him high. Like it literally sounds yeah. like a drug, like a like a mushroom trip or like yeah. some kind of like peyote experience. I, I think people, um, I think Just, there's that cliche that people say you won't realize the power of the mind. And dude, I've done everything physically. I am relentless on self-improvement mm-hmm. because I was trying to feel better. Yeah. And I've done everything, dude, every supplement. I'm in the medical field because I want to learn how to get better and to be the best healthy person I could be. And I never actually fixed the emotional health. Like, I never fixed the self-love. Like, I know it's not going to affect everyone. But if you, I think anyone could benefit from it. But if you have PTSD or emotional trauma, and I've never been officially diagnosed, I don't care. But I can tell you that I am not the same person. Mm-hmm. And this is fairly recent I did this. I am different. It was drug-free. It's worth every penny. I probably paid, like, up to 3000 total. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of money, right? Yeah. But to change your life... Like, what price would you pay on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I would I would choose that over going to Europe. Oh, yeah. You know, this is going to change yeah, the rest of my life. Yeah, plane tickets, you know, 1500 yeah. two grand. <laughs> I had visions, dude. Like, I grew up a long time. Uh, I struggled with my parents' divorce. And um, I have a lot of great memories, too. But uh, I didn't want kids for the longest time. And I actually pictured myself happy with kids. Like, having Frankie the Fourth. Like I envision that dude, like I'm manifesting my future and I am not a hokey pokey type of person. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not the one that's like, you know, you just got to cross your legs and meditate. I'm done meditation. Mm -hmm. This EMDR forces change. If you're open to it emotionally and mentally and you prepare, it will change your life. No, I I believe it. I mean, like I said, cool. I've done it before and I can, and I did like a jank version. Like I said, I did it myself just like on YouTube, did some research and I only did, I maybe did three sessions. Uh, I I think I only did two, but I did like a similar, or you were talking about the red dot where you're kind of following it back and forth. That's pretty much what I did. And, uh, mine was like you said about, um, my, my ex-wife or whatever and about the divorce and she, you know, had an affair, uh, with a good friend when I was there in Arkansas. And so I kept having these memories getting into my head of like this dude, my friend railing my wife. Like I just like, yeah. I could not get those thoughts out of my head. Like, you know, her going down on him and then like yeah. kissing me later that night. Like literally like I could not get those thoughts yeah. out of my head. Well, that's a common male perspective. So male men usually think for whatever reason, like if you get cheated on, what does a man think? You think about some dude banging, banging your, your wife. Chick. Yeah. Dude. What does a girl think? He's in love. She, he's in love with her. Do you love like, her? Yeah. That's like the first question. No. The guy's first question is like, did you guys sleep together? Yeah. yeah. The woman's like, it all the do way. you love her? Yeah, yeah it's, it's true. That we is are funny. wired differently. Yeah, totally. That's a whole different discussion. But those thoughts you had were good. Another big pivotal moment was I never valued what I went through. 
So I asked her, I go, I go, I feel weak because I am not a war victim. I'm not a Navy SEAL. I'm not a guy that was raped. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have child abuse. I actually had a great childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, mom and dad. I had great memories. But it was nice to get some validation when the therapist was like, you've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to recognize that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a victim. It's just nice to realize, like, wow, you're right. Yeah, like, it is good <laughs> to know that. Because a lot of people are. We go through stuff. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a war zone for it to not be valid. Yeah. You know? It's it's kind of hard being a male, though, right? Because you, you read these guys, you know, you Cameron Haynes. Macho man. Dan Crenshaw, Jocko, Rogan. Like, all these guys, they're amazing, right? You look up to these guys. My dad, like, we have all these male role models. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You know, what does Arnold say? Sleep, sleep faster. Sleep faster. <laughs> yeah. Right. They do lots of... Steroids and testosterone <laughs> your whole life. Yeah. But dude, I will say, as I've gotten older, I've just realized like so many people go through some dark times. Like yeah. people go through some crazy stuff that you just, mm-hmm. you know, they're just, you just see one side of them. Yeah. You don't see you them no at night when they're sleeping or they can't mm. sleep. Some know? people hate themselves. Like yeah. legitimately yeah. hate themselves, yeah. but they can't get out of their own head. But they actually f- feel like, God, I hate myself. That's yeah. hard, man. You know, that's hard because everyone because everyone does embarrassing stuff. Or everyone yeah. like screws up, and then you you have that feeling of like, God, I, I hate that I do this, right? I hate that I have these tendencies. And some people are able to deal with them and and make positive changes. Some people just soak that in, mm-hmm. and for years and years and years, you're just like, it's like this stew you're making. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And oh, it just yeah. gets worse and worse. And that's like. And that's like when you're talking about the brain being so powerful and not even needing like something like a drug. When I was in South Africa, dude, part of that trip was to like get away to kind of reset. But one thing I did is I journaled every single day I was gone. So I was gone for like two months. So every day for two months, I filled an entire journal. I dated it every day. And that like going back and reading like what I was going through at different points and stuff like that, like just that therapy of writing down every thought I had and how I felt at the end of the day, beginning of the day. Um, it just had like such positive effect and no drugs. It wasn't a mushroom trip. It wasn't DMT. You know, I didn't get on some kind of drug. It was like just me really working through my own thoughts, my brain. Yeah. There's a lot of things that people don't like that. We could, I wish we viewed as medications like that, like EMDR, mm-hmm. you know, people oh, yeah. think medications like, oh, this is supposed to help this problem and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, how many times where, yeah, maybe you, uh, maybe you are just feeling this sense of unhappiness, but it's like you haven't gone and you haven't even like worked out and done anything active in mm-hmm. 10 years. You know, it's like, dude, I'm telling you, like, there's something about even just working out and, and pursuing self-improvement. That is a big help, you know? And like you were mm-hmm. saying, you tried so many different things. And I did everything, man. Help. Yeah. Everything physically, because I thought that was the easier answer. I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't think emotion and mental was that big a deal or, you know, emotional health specifically. Um, I didn't even understand why it was okay to be sad. I thought that was a weak emotion. Like, why as a man mm. would you want to be sad? That confused me. That's really interesting you said. Yeah. yeah. So just understanding it's okay to be sad. Like yeah. when someone dies, I actually don't handle death the best. I don't I don't get sad. I get shut off. And I don't well, feel it. 
I, I was going to say, probably because you're in the healthcare field and you worked in the emergency room and yeah. you saw death a lot. Yeah. But even before that, I was younger. I don't know why. I kind of really? know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. It's it's a weird feeling. Like, when I... My first reaction, if I when I've heard people who have died... I mean, I haven't had anyone, like, super close to me die, but, like, my grandpa passed away. and mm-hmm. But I was like... It, I felt weird. It was like yeah. an ominous, weird feeling. Um, and I'm always more sad once it's kind of marinated for a while, mm-hmm. but it's not like a, I want to cry kind of sad. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, this feels strange. Yeah. Like it's almost just like ominous rather than sad. Yeah. yeah. I, I would just distract myself to avoid sadness at all costs mm. by doing Ooh. that. It would force me into a deeper sadness because I never actually just addressed it. You never like, dealt with it. You can't run away from emotion. Mm-mm. It's like being on the freeway. You, you just have to hit it head on. Mm-hmm. Like it's coming towards you. Just get through it. It's interesting you say that because uh, I remember going through my breakup. Uh, it talked about how women almost have like more in, uh, intense emotions like after a breakup, but guys will actually deal with it longer. And it's just for what you just said. They don't want to deal with the sadness. They mm-hmm. kind of keep brushing it under the rug, brushing it under the rug, and then it just keeps snowballing and getting worse. Mm-hmm. And then they get other issues. They get you know drinking problems or. You know, who knows what other mm-hmm. problems develop. But. Well, it's hard when you're a guy, too, because we're so task-oriented. And, like, I'll just feel better if I accomplish a bunch of tasks. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that doesn't always do it. No. You know, you really have to confront what what experiences you've had or, you know, what's really at the, like you said, the root cause. And I, as a guy, you look weak if you cry. A woman cries and it no. doesn't look that weak. Mm. A guy does. It's got to change. I mean, you can't cry over spilled milk, but... yeah. Like when a guy, when a man cries, it's because it's meaningful. Yeah. You ever, you ever meet a woman that cries too much? Oh, they're and the worst. Just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I hate them. <laughs> I get them out of my life immediately. If you cry too much, get I think it takes from, from the meaning. Like, doesn't it take from the meaning if you cry yeah, too much? It's the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it, so. yeah, it diminishes. Like, so there's a balance to mm-hmm. it. I remember a nurse one time. I don't know what it was. It was like nine in the morning. And again, me and Anthony are nurses. And uh, I was a student. And the guy was with that dry sense of humor. And this girl's just bawling. It's nine in the morning. Like, what happened oh, in God. two hours yeah. that you're crying already on your shift? It's a med surge floor, I think. Oh, and he looks at me when she's gone and goes, uh, this is the med room. She's just bawling, freaking out, leaves. And he's like, he looks at me and goes, there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, dude. I know, man. I had someone at work, you know, who was crying over, you know, I work at a high school, so this this employee was crying over a student, something that they said to him, and she, uh, they were crying in front of, like, a lot of people. Like, there was, like, parents there, there was other employees, kids, bawling. Like, so, like, and, then, nice. and I, I, my first thought really wasn't to consult that person. My first thought was, like, you stop. probably shouldn't do that here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> please stop. Say you have to go vomit <laughs> yeah. or something and do that somewhere else. But yeah, there, and there's it was, a balance to it. Right? There's a balance. Yeah. There is. There's a time and yeah. a place. There's a balance. But I think yeah, men should be able to express their feelings, especially mm-hmm. to one another. You know, you can mm-hmm. be strong and still be sad. You can be strong oh, yeah. and still cry. There's Navy SEALs that do it. You know, everyone. We're people. Like, yeah, we're people. We're human beings. Like, right. Yeah, we just it's want an to be emotion. Hard. That you cannot, it's going to happen. Well, think of someone as hardened as like Jocko Willink, you know, Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. At one point, he was an, 
adorable, soft, little cuddly baby <laughs> that just that's pissed a, and yeah. pooped all that's over That's what Joe himself. Rogan says. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I never thought of that. David Goggins was just a little, little fudge brownie oh, at no. one point in his life. <laughs> <laughs> he had to be fat because he was a fat guy. He was yeah. a fatty. He was fat. Yeah. But right. even him, like he was saying in his story, it was like, man, he had a screwed up life, but oh, it yeah. wasn't until he confronted it, you know, mm-hmm. then you can move and he, on. he confronted it in a different way, right? Like he turned it into this insatiable drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I could tell you post that, man, like physically I'm different. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't exactly know the mechanisms, but the brain when you're, when you have trauma like that and if you don't work on it, it's just going to, it's like having a smoldering fire. Yeah. And if you don't ever really put it out, it's going to come up. Yeah. When you well, get stressed, yeah. when you get through tough times, it's there. When you're even feeling good, dude, I'd have these thoughts I didn't want. And I never knew why they were there. And now they're not there anymore. Dude. They're gone. Damn. Like, dude, it's... Isn't that the cool thing, crazy. too, about... Like, when you have a change like that, or like a moment, you really think, like, dude, I can go do something else. I don't have to just keep doing... Yeah. Whatever my life is right now, I don't have to live that every day. I well, can do something else. I just wanted to announce something because I'm sorry. This this is my episode. I feel bad. Yeah, I'm being yeah. selfish, mm-hmm. but I am going to be opening a men's health clinic, and I'm really excited. I'm not exactly sure when, but I'm going to start out mostly focusing on hormone replacement for men uh, because I've dealt with it personally, and then I know the science behind it. And also, like, I'm going to expand upon that. Who knows? Maybe eventually do stem cells. Maybe, and I can also tell you, I'm building like the best referral li- list in Phoenix. If you know a urologist, I have the best one in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. If you need an EMDR therapist, I have the best one in Phoenix. Like, I have a group of people I love referring to because I know I trust them. Like, I would send my family to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and like. I love the feeling of helping people. Like yeah. it sounds so cliche, like you say it in interviews or something, but I mean it. When you genuinely see that person feel heard, appreciated, and you see them actually improve, I don't know if there's a better feeling. That's true. Yeah, no, it's wild. Absolutely. So, anyways, I'm gonna go get over that fear and start my own business soon. Dude, oh, that's cool. Find Frank. Dude. I like it. Yeah. Man, how long? We're at 45 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. I was going to say, man. Frank, I I want to keep talking about it. Well, do you have other questions? I actually do. Okay, cool. I feel like I have a lot of questions, honestly. Because, like, just about the experience in general. So, like, what were your thoughts after the first day? You're, like, you've done eight hours of this, right? Uh Uh-huh. And now you're driving home. How did you feel? Okay, so I put on a CD of Evans Blue. Do you know who that is? I don't Mm -hmm. think I do. It's a band. They're from Canada. The CD I would play when I was more sad back in the day. But dude, I wasn't sad. I just enjoyed the music, man. Mm. Like I felt alive in the music. I genuinely had nothing in my mind, just the music. Uh, My girlfriend was going to meet me at home. because Thank God for my girlfriend because she... I wouldn't have done it without her support. And she knew all along was emotional that I needed to deal with, not physical. But anyways, so shout out to, to Eliza. But... um. I just went home. I listened to music. I started. I did a little light workout, and I just enjoyed the night. And I was like, "Wow, I'm already feeling a little different." And then I slept like a rock. I did a little uh, that oh. massage gun. You know what I'm talking about? What is it called? Yeah. Um, What's it called? Well, there's a bunch of different ones, but it's yeah, it's got one. the little. Yeah. I did that on the, or she did that on the area of my back where the trauma was at. Oh. Because my my upper right back's very tense. Yeah. Yeah. 
so that was really nice and then the next day i just kept working on it man and like i got through that i had another really good night the next day i worked um i sort of felt good i just felt better i'm like clear i'm like okay and i don't want to get my hopes up you know what i mean sure like, is it a placebo effect or something sure and the next day i just felt better i'm like physically feeling better i'm like okay i got energy i'm driven like i'm a high energy it kind of reminds me i mean yours is obviously like a more in-depth and detailed thing but when i was watching that tony robe tony robbins i'm not your guru doc oh, and these people though like i know it can be kind of wonky and silly and crazy and there's funny stuff in there too but people who actually just decide like i'm going to do this now i'm going to feel this way i'm not going to allow these things to to screw with me you know there's yeah. something empowering about that mm-hmm. like i want to consider myself fairly like you're captain kirk man and your yeah. life is the enterprise or whatever he yeah. flies you know what's funny is like i was living my life dude with like shackles man like with an anchor around both my ankles and i got to where i was with just grit you know and like yeah i'm successful by society standards but now i'm alive Dude, mm. I'm like living, like it's I like, like I don't even know, dude. I'm like an, I'm figuring myself out at the moment. Like I'm like back at the drawing board, dude. And it's not because I'm better. I just I am Frank. I am who I need to be, mm-hmm. and I know what I want in life. Mm-hmm. And uh, is there any kind what, of maintenance you have to do, or like so, that she recommends? So it just depends on the person. Uh, per her, some people have an event like I did, and they feel fine. Some people, or they're good. They have that moment, that intensive, that they're good the rest of their life. They mm-hmm. focus on that that event or the trauma, the emotions. They work through it. They're fine. Or there's other people that go back every two weeks and kind of go, or once a month and do kind of like a maintenance thing. Like, okay, mm-hmm. let's keep reprocessing. Let's work on it. I'm, I'm just a natural self-improvement kind of guy. So I don't know. I'm definitely going to go back again and see and keep working. And um, I think life is about being ha- trying to find joy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm and- even sure now that like now that you kind of know what what it's about and how you feel now, you could probably implement some of that meditative practice and different mm-hmm. things, different yeah. therapies that you've kind of learned and, and kind of do it. Yeah, dude. Like I'm having memories that I couldn't even think of. Oh, like, that's cool. Stored stored images in the Disney vault of Frank oh, that are like dude, in yeah. my head. I'm like, God, I'm like smells. Oh. Smells are coming back. Like, dude, this sounds like I'm a freaking no, it, hokey pokey guy. No, like, it's fine. But it's be there. it. Be it. Be hokey. Be that yoga guru. God, this makes me want to just go on like a boys camping trip. Like, <laughs> at least every 12 weeks <laughs> and we don't eat for three days and we just, yeah, yeah just have like cacao and that's yeah. it. God. <laughs> Dude. Oh, man. I'm not going to lie. I still feel like I have a lot of questions. Cool, dude. Throw them out. Okay, so, okay, let's, I want to do like a before and after question. Okay. okay, so, it can just be general. Like, okay, how how are you dealing with your traumas before? Like, what did you feel like when they would come to mind? And then, how do you feel now when those traumas come to mind? Or what are your thoughts? Or Okay, so I had a lot of, you know those sexual issues you had? Where you had those images? Oh, yes. Okay. I was like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony started thinking it didn't work for two years. Remember how you kept talking about your small penis? <laughs> <laughs> but it's your small penis. But it's, but it's yours. Your small, embrace it. <laughs> embrace it. It's all right. Hug it. 
It's bigger than someone's, right? Right? Yeah, right? Some people don't even have a penis. Yeah. You're bigger Poor than women. any girl I know of. <laughs> um, yeah, so it depended on the trauma, but a lot of it was self-worth. Like that image of when I hugged myself. Um, there would be like, I'd have negative sexual images that would just put me down. And a lot of that was just letting that finally go where I don't have those images anymore. And the self... Like, I don't want to say I hated myself. I just didn't love myself. And just like, dude, like satisfied and yeah, overall man, satisfaction noth- with yourself. Nothing could feel that satisfied. Like mm-hmm. I actually, okay, here's another image that's coming to my mind. I pictured a big hole and I was at the bottom of it. Like I'm talking 50 feet deep and I pictured that's where I was. This big empty hole that I had to fill that was my self-love. And I pictured like a bulldozer that started to slowly drop in dirt, drop in dirt, drop in dirt. And I would, I'd fight it and then the dirt would go away and i it was like this empty bottomless pit until i kept picturing this monstrous bulldozer finally like fill it whole Mm. and that was like this i like symbolism as you can see i'm a big imaginary um Mm -hmm. picture type of learner i guess yeah and uh yeah man does that answer the question i guess okay well how do you feel now how about it when you think of them i just feel like i actually love myself okay so I don't need, even though like people used to say, oh, Frank likes attention. Like I really don't, you know, I do, I do actually, like I love to be on a TED Talks. This probably sounds crazy, but I love to be on a TED Talks and do some public speaking. It's not to inflate my ego. To help. I just generally want to help people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I can get that much help, how many more people can I help? Mm-hmm. How many more lives can I impact? Whether it's just one or two. You know, I have two people I'm talking to right now that are going through some some mental health crisis right now. Yeah. And I'm talking them through it. And I'm like, you need to give this a shot. I'm giving referrals to my therapist. I'm giving referrals to others. I'm like, there's hope. Mm-hmm. Like, hold on. You know, there's so many people that I think when you heal, you start to notice how many people are emotionally have wounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you could you could save the world, but how how this is how energy works is if I help one more person, that's going to help him and his family. Mm-hmm. You know, me healing from the trauma, if I had kids and I was so traumatized, I would probably cause trauma to my kids. Mm-hmm. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be the best father or the best husband. I haven't been the best, I feel bad for all the girlfriends I've had. I have not been the best boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Sorry, all 15 of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. So Frank's, Frank's back. Frank, well, Frank's new. Frank's new. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, any other great. questions? What else? What else you got, man? Man, I don't know. I, I will. Okay, I will point out one thing. So I remember this was maybe like ten minutes ago. You're like, I'm just, I'm Frank now. I'm Frank again. Like, or you mm-hmm. said something to that effect. And uh, I feel like I've never felt like that until I went through some a dark time and then I faced it and uh, it's so funny because one of my buddies in Arkansas was like dude why do you always introduce yourself like he's like you know it all the time but you introduce yourself as Anthony Michael Cole or whatever and I was like dude I don't know a part of me when I'm just like I'm just like dude that's me I'm Anthony Michael Cole that's every bit of me and I just want to own it because I feel good like I've been through those dark times and even before that you know I I'd gone I was going through depression when I was suspecting that she was doing that and I just I had that that feeling of just I didn't like I I had those feelings like I just wish I wasn't alive anymore not that yeah. I wanted to kill myself but mm-hmm. I was like dude it would be it would it would be kind of nice if I got killed in, in a car accident today yeah 
Like I didn't do it, those but actually, I wouldn't have to live anymore. Those are natural thoughts, by the way. People yeah. like suicide is the number seventh form of death. Yeah. Right now in the country. And that is preventable. You mm-hmm. want to talk diabetes? I can argue all that stuff. Cardiovascular disease, whatever. I have opinions. If you're interested, ask me. That's what it's worth. But suicide, we can impact. If you can make people happier, be supportive, try your best, be there for them. Like, I mean, we can help turn the tide on that. Yeah, I feel like I, I really hope, and I, I actually do see a bright future when it comes to mental health. Is that like, like even when you made that analogy with like, here's the root, and here are the branches that come from it. I think people are really starting to realize like wow, like a mental illness is like a, it's like an illness. Like it's Mm -hmm. like your body is not functioning like it should. Your brain is not functioning like it should. It's telling you something. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're always going to find the answer, but you shouldn't, hopefully you shouldn't give up because we're finding out more and more these adjunct therapies. These therapies are so amazing, dude. I'm going to list off a few. One is ketamine therapies. Ketamine Mm -hmm. IV infusions have amazing success rates. Okay, ketamine That's is like a, a newer thing too. I it's feel like newer. These the drug's been around since 1962, but it's been used for anesthesia, very mm. safe, and for whatever reason, it works for Special depression. Special K when you get it from the street. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what it's called. Oh, right. It's yeah. legal. It's, legal. <laughs> yeah. it's FDA approved. Yeah. Psilocybin mushrooms. Mm. Yep. That's going to be eventually. It's going to be legal. It's definitely it's decriminalized in Oakland and Colorado already. Mm-hmm. Amazing results. Way better than the antidepressants we have that were made in the 60s that are. They can help, but they have so many major horrible side effects. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's amazing. It's kind of funny how like some, like a lot of drugs like that can be so just intense and crazy, and like they harm a ton of people. They help some people too, but something like a mushroom, nah, nope, illegal. Like go go to jail if you have mushrooms. They kind of like mushrooms. I just thought about right now. <laughs> you go to that, jail. Yeah, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, a lot but of you it. can have a barrel of whiskey. Yeah. Well, that's what I was just thinking about. Like the yeah. things that are created for some reason get like a hall pass a lot of times. Yeah. Not all of them. Of course, there's like meth. But but no. I mean like a lot weed. of very natural things. Yeah. Illegal. And that's, that's weird. weird. Well, I have... That's changing. That's a grassroots initiative. That is, yeah. Grassroots. That's like 20-some states are legal or, I think or at least... T- I think it's like medical. 20 now. Yeah. Is it 20-something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be It's gonna be legal. Yeah, well. I just hope that in the future we have more of an open mind. And we yeah. understand that you need to let people do what they want to do. Let the science, and when we talk science, especially medicine, a lot of our science is not science. It's really poor research. It's bad studies. And a lot of it, we just don't know. So keep an open mind. That's what I say in science. Like, we don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that's the problem with science too, right, is you can only really get it from funding. And the only funding, you know, those dollars predict who does the science, when it's done, how it's done. Oh, and there's yeah. usually stipulations with the money. So it's like, we're not getting the best, you know what I mean? Like, Dude, the perfect example is COVID. Yeah. We based all our results, which is all we had, on China, who mm-hmm. lies. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. how many of those articles are wrong? Oh, oh dude. Yeah. We thought ibuprofen yeah. had a bad effect. No. We thought, well, China's numbers are accurate. Not even close. No. You can't trust it anything out of there no they have a controlled internet you literally cannot look up like certain events yes in in on their internet it's wild and we based all of that off that now we're getting more results we're finding out about covid we're like okay it's not as serious as we thought which is good thank goodness 
you know, it's just an example. Mm-hmm. But I think things are changing. You're getting better research um, from other people. People are opening up a, like a clearer mind. Like you don't just watch the news and be like, this is what's true. We know it's a crock of crap. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta keep researching. You know, I'm kind of curious but, about, I know we're, we're kind of dragging now, but I'm just really curious. Like, okay. Like we talked about the stat in the very beginning. You said like something like 84 to 90% of people that had a one-time trauma felt mm-hmm. healed after an EMDR, uh, after 48 hours, right. Or two, after two sessions, three 90 minute sessions, three 90 minute sessions. Yeah. Right. Why is it not more known? Why, like, why do people not know about this? I know I didn't hear about it until I was, uh, I think I was like 25. My dad went through it, yeah. and it changed my dad. Like, it made him better. Um, and then when I went through my thing, my dad's the one that told me to do it. I thought know? it was hokey pokey, dude. I heard about it a little while ago. I don't believe in stuff like that. I was like, no way. Whatever. You know, yeah. I'm more of a physical intervention drug you know what i mean like yeah I like know. it could I be just, a vitamin deficiency yeah. and that's why you feel like it could be just very D. western medicine kind yeah. of yeah. okay i mean i'm open but i just didn't think emotion was that big a deal that powerful no really? i didn't know man like i was ignorant and that's why I'm so outspoken right now and I'm sharing a very vulnerable period of my life oh yeah well that's the thing when you combine the two and you know that like your phys- the physical side of it definitely affects the brain and your emotions but your brain and your emotions and your mind equally affects you physically like they're so tied together and we we start breaking them apart too much and we think one will carry the other and they and it can't mm-hmm. you know and you have to figure out what's your hate to use the word balance because we're talking about that earlier but you got to figure out like what is it that you can do to mitigate both and use both and to make you the best frank you can be dude i've done acupuncture i've done deep meditation and i'm telling you the mind body spirit light therapy is one thing i do red light therapy naked definitely i know you're gonna talk about that i get the red light in the testicles i did coffee enemas yeah like you know some weird stuff man i did I don't know. I can't even think of all the stuff I've done, man. I've done every like supplement out there. Yeah. You know, and I, t- and I still like supplements. I don't know why. Yeah. I like the placebo. Maybe it's placebo for me. Placebo's I think I just feel good. Does. I could, they could be sugar pills. And I feel great. Well, I mean, I that's take, good, right? I can take yeah. one shot of tequila, and I'm not drunk, but I am ready to party. Just one shot of tequila. Yeah. It's like a placebo I effect. Don't even know if Anthony needs that. No, Anthony no, needs yeah. like <laughs> someone to get He needs that's been water message. your whole life, dude. I know, no. whole dude. You know what's so funny <laughs> is uh, that video of me dancing. You know, yeah. I was dancing and I was making the drinks. You know, and uh, my coworkers somehow they all saw the video. And I'm oh, a really? new, I'm a new guy. Like yeah. no one really knows me at my work, and uh, so they're all laughing about it and stuff. And they're like, "Ooh, Anthony seems fun when he drinks." I was like, "Oh yeah, I didn't drink yet. I was." I was making it was before the, drink. the drinks. Yeah, I was I was yeah. shaking up the drink for a drink. Wow. They're like, you weren't that's even wild. drunk. I was like, yeah, that's me. It's just me on a Monday night. Yeah. It's just me when I podcast with the boys. <laughs> with the boys. <laughs> I was the same, man. That was a good hour. That was a solid hour. So if we want to wrap this one up, no, oh, yeah. bring it in with one of your beautiful quotes. My quote. And I wanted to say one thing, too. Before you that, say the quote, yeah. I wanted to do, one, I wanted to thank you for that because I know it's it can be hard talking about a personal experience too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then two, I've 
I'm a firm believer in EMDR. And, and for those people that are kind of feeling weird about it, like it's in, it, it was in my mental health textbook when I was in nursing school. It had like just one page on it. You know, it was like a 350 page textbook and there was one page on EMDR. We never talked about it, but I saw it. And I wish there was more awareness because it, it changed my life for the better too. Well, you say why it's not, why there's not more awareness because there's not a lot of money in it. Yeah. Okay. And I agree. because of that, there's not a big pharmaceutical and pharma gets a bad rap deservedly so but also think about it you can profit off a pill a lot easier because you can create it you can fund it you can research it and then you know you have a patent you make a lot of money how do you patent emdr yeah you can you have to be a therapist you have to learn how to do it you know there's not a ton of money it's a lot of this is independent therapy therapists that are doing it my therapist is independent she did it on her own Mm -hmm. right i don't know why it just seems like the best things for you they're not the most popular like coca-cola There's 50,000 billion commercials running 24-7 about Coca-Cola. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not much on jogging. All you people (laughs) that uh, watch all the Fox News and CNN, there's better news outlets out there. Like seriously though, I'm not kidding. The Jacked Podcast. The Jacked Podcast. We're bringing it to you raw, ready, real. But if anyone ever feels like they need to talk, um, you can reach me on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I'll talk to you about my experience more in depth. I just love helping people, and I hope that my story helps. I hope our mm-hmm. story helps. Uh, I think helping people is probably what makes human beings who we are, mm-hmm. and I think anyone can benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And it's not this isn't a monetary thing. I think you can monetize it, which is great. But really, at the end of the day, if you're helping people, I mean, that's what life's about. Yep. You know, whether it's your family, your friends, the mm-hmm. stranger on the street, like if you help that person you helped them that day. Maybe that's the reason why they didn't jump that day. Yeah. Maybe that's the reason they put the gun down. Maybe that's the reason why they didn't beat their kid that day. You know, like you don't understand that a butterfly's wings flap and 500 miles away. It's a hurricane. Mm-hmm. You ever heard that? I have. It's, <laughs> I like it. it, it I like the butterfly. I haven't heard it in stuff. a long time. Yeah. And okay. Like so the quote it. to end it is life can be meaningful enough to justify the suffering. That's Jordan Peterson. Oh, I love Jordan Peterson. Me too. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's a psychiatrist or psychologist who has his own struggles, and I'll talk about him on another podcast. Yeah, but I love his at, like Harvard, right? No, Canada. Uh, he's in some, Toronto. He is Canadian. Something like that. But he's a carnivore too. Cool guy. Yeah. So how can you reach us, Eric? He can reach us at jackdudes at gmail dot com oh. or find us on Instagram at j dot a dot k dot d underscore podcast. Oh my God, mm. Facebook. We are Facebook, on Spotify, and we're slowing iTunes, up on Instagram. Podbean. It's crazy. We have followers. We're blowing up. Slide into our DMs. Get baby. in those DMs. We respond. There's three of us Get responding. Deep in the DMs. Get oh yeah, deep. all of them. All, all right, man. guys. This was fun, and we'll see you on our next episode. Yep. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.